In this episode of Puro's Miners, bro, it's game week. And UTEP has released its week one depth chart. We take a look at the Miners depth chart and preview UTEP season opener against Houston Baptist. Puro's Miners, bro. And welcome to Puro's Miners, bro. Mondo the Miles from Medina along with Alex Nicolas. What's up, baby? We got a depth chart. We got a game. Let's roll, boy. It's about time. We have been waiting all summer long. And let me just tell you a true story when it comes to um, football season. That, But you're baseball. I forget you're a baseball guy as well. So for you, you really don't get that set. I know you love football, but you're you're still a baseball guy at heart. What is, don't, don't lie to me. Which one's your first love? Don't lie to me. I, to play it, baseball. Um, definitely to play it, and, and, and but to analyze football all right cool i think to analyze which one do you miss game? more when it's not happening baseball so you're a baseball, a guy. baseball guy you're a baseball yeah. guy so you mean to tell me from november middle of november up until april you're sad i mean it depends what what utep basketball is looking like oh too, that's true that that that's is true. if i were to say my number one passion in sports utep basketball. all right good so i'll give you that uh but i get sad when football is gone and then even with uh john teicher the legendary voice of the minor he's admitted to me that Football is his number one love, and he even told me that, like last year, like he was like, "Man, when when it's over, it's over," and that's it. And I'm sad until I mean, he does. I'm he's not sad. I'm talking about me. I'm sad, but he says that he loves doing football. Of everything that he loves to do, he loves doing football. Uh, there's nothing like it, you know. And I'm getting excited just starting thinking about the fact being on the sidelines. I'll be in the sidelines. You'll be in the sidelines. Like we hope a lot of people show up to this game against Houston Baptist. The Miners are favored by seventeen and seventeen. <laughs> 17 and a half points. Discussion was today at the uh, presser whether or not they're going to cover that. I've been, you've been on Somebody the Somebody asked that? No, no, no. That, that when we're eating the lunch, oh, okay, we're okay, eating the lunch. Okay. Oh, nobody's going to ask them with that. I was that. about to no, say, times that, have changed because I was the only one that would ask about points spreads or cougar yeah. and I'd always make them upset. Yeah. Uh, nobody's got the guts to say that to to ask demo uh, any of that stuff. But uh, the fact, uh, the discussion among the other, our, our media uh, cohorts there from the other stations, outlets, they were talking about whether or not they, they you think that they're going to cover the 17. Uh, the only thing I care about is the W. I don't care if you win by 17, 18, 19, 20, or if you win by one, as long as you get that victory. Because what people don't understand, as we talk about this Houston Baptist team, kind of reminds of uh, what happened uh, Northern Arizona last week. And somebody did bring up this question. Hey, you had a... Um, uh, a lower division type of school coming in, it didn't go your way. What people didn't know about Northern Arizona last year, at this that this team, that quarterback and wide receiver combination that started every single game, they were both seniors. You know, they just had a great offense, top they, offense in FCS, and and they almost beat regular Arizona. Right. So, uh, Demo knew that. UTEP knew that. The casual fan doesn't know that. When it comes to Houston Baptist. They're going to be a little bit better on offense than what people realize when they go out there. So people might be expecting that it might be a high-scoring game because apparently Houston Baptist doesn't have a good defense. Yeah, and we'll definitely get into that, all about that. Lots of information to pass along. But what I'm trying to say is that the casual sports fan, when I'm looking at the schedule, for example, this is the schedule. Saturday, Houston Baptist. Next week, at Texas Tech right away. Well, we know Texas Tech is, stuff like that. Then it's Nevada. Well, we've heard of Nevada. Southern Miss, we've heard of them. UTSA, of course, we've heard of them. But when they see that first game, Houston Baptist, they expect the victory. 
I, and that's so, what I'm saying. I that's for me, confidence booster with everything going on with this craziness with the team with the offseason, they need a victory. Oh, no doubt about it. And especially because I mean, just recently they lose, you know, a brother, you know, and this is a you know, to start things off here kind of on a on a somber note, but you know, obviously we can't remiss the you know, the passing of, of Luke Lothenberg and um, you know, prayers to his family, prayers to that locker room down there at the Durham Center. Um, tragic, man. You know, we were at the spring game in, in, in April. Well, actually when, we were at the uh, announcement in February when they when announced we, their recruits and he was actually and there. He, and he was there. So when 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 we were in April, though, when the rumors started to circulate at that spring game, um, the concern was very deep, you know, yeah. and, and this, you know, this was, I'm not saying anybody was foretelling, but a lot of people figured this could be the end result as sad as it was. And, you know, it was very alarming, um, you know, to see when, 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 when demo broke this news to us basically in april um he was very shook up man you know it, that it, that demeanor changed from one question to the next in that pressure that you know it wasn't an official press conference we we're just there at the side of, of the it, field it, it's Sumble, almost like he didn't he like he like like he knew it, yeah, like he, you he know knew like he, he knew the details he knew more and yeah. it's you know it's a tough situation the kid has just fought through so much adversity not only in his life but in his football career being a walk-on at a and m going to juco earning a spot basically looking really good in the spring here as a tight end and gonna be he a was, starter he was, yeah he was gonna start. he was gonna be a yep, starter and he yep. was a guy that that would, could have 20 to 30 balls you know thrown his way could he couldn't even been more could have been a 20 30 catch type of guy um you know and, and, and to see you know the, the utep community come together for was really special and we're hoping that they can come together for a big win this week as obviously they're going to uh they're going to honor they are going to honor him yes and, and uh the one thing i will say is that uh, of course, his father, Babe Laufenberg, who not only played for the Cowboys quarterback position, he's part of the broadcast crew. And the Cowboys actually spent, uh, they did a good job. They they talked uh, about 10 minutes during the, the preseason game they had against uh, the Texans this past Saturday. So they talked about it. And they're talking about how Babe was tweeting out pictures that mm. even and by June that he had already bounced back from whatever he went through in the spring and he was ready to go again. He had gained all the weight and he was ready to go. He was strong again. So, uh, but, but, but Luke, uh, never lost hope, never, never wavered. Ne never wavered. So, I mean, without a doubt is, a a tremendous loss, not only to the Laufenberg family, to the Utah family and, uh, coach Demo told us that he is going to go um his funeral is going to be on wednesday, wednesday. he's going to be speaking at the funeral and let's talk about what they're going to do for the for him uh at the game this saturday so of course obviously the opening game this saturday um there's basically going to be a tribute that'll take place between the first and second quarters during the Sun Bowl, a framed jersey will be presented to the family of Luke Lothenberg. Um, UTEP players will be wearing the black sticker uh, with the name Luke on it. I think it's going to be in white lettering, I believe. I, I, yeah. didn't, I didn't get to see one today. but um, So they'll have that on the back of their helmets through the 2019 season. A great tribute for Luke. Um, you know, obviously a guy that never played a down in, the min in a minor uniform, but his impact from the few months that he was here back in spring ball, I mean, you can tell just the reaction from Demo, the players that I've seen interviewed. I mean, this guy really made a big impact, and, and I think think more than his talent at tight end i mean i think this guy was one of those good I locker think, room guys that i you, think that it's, it's his personality the exactly. fact that but you got to remember too that people don't realize that he was already here in january yeah, so he's when been they around when they started the winter session he was already here right uh so without a doubt a uh, tremendous loss and our deepest condolences to the Laufenberg family 
Uh, and that's just one of the things that UTEP uh, is going to deal with in this opening game. Don't forget also they're going to honor the uh, um, the uh, 22 fallen El Paso victims from the shooting as well. They're going to, the EP strong, they're going to do something with that as well. So uh, there's going to be times in this football game on Saturday, I'm not going to lie to you, it's going to be very somber. Yeah, it is. Know? It is. And, and that's just the reality of, of what's happened in this it's been a rough month of August for us El Pasos, man. So yeah. stay strong. Let's hope that September brings good things and wins. And hopefully that first win, you know, yeah. get that first win. And I'm, I'm just telling you, like, if they get this first victory, excuse me, when they get this first uh-oh, victory, uh-oh, I'm telling uh-oh, you right now. Uh-oh. And here's another true yeah, story. You got the prediction part See, and, and now that 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 we, we're starting, I can just tell you exactly what I do. Like, every time right before they see the game, I like with Demo and with Coach Demo, I go, "This is the one, baby. We're gonna get this one." And, and I do the exact same thing with the defensive coordinator, Mike Cox. You know, I was only right one time last year, but but once was good enough for me. Hopefully, we're right in the first game. So moving on here, some UTEP added some well, added and then re-added some pieces to the roster. First right, off, one of the one of the big gets, I think, really of. of of the whole grad transfer market that UTEP's really been a part of. And I, I would say transfer market because we can go look at all the JUCO guys that they brought in defensively. Add Y. Keeley Ross. Remember this for the radio. Y. Keeley. Y. Keeley Ross. Y. Keeley Ross, a transfer from USC, played 24 games in two seasons, had an interception. I believe he had one of those, or two interceptions. One went for a pick six in his uh, sophomore year. He's a redshirt junior, so he has two years left. Did not play last year. Transferred before the start of the season at USC. And, and it was kind of a messy transfer. Let's just keep it real like we do here. Um, you know, his... His quote basically kind of showed he was throwing some shade at him. And, and to quote Ross, Ross uh, his Twitter when he put um, out that he announced his his departure from USC, he says, quote, Phil, Phil, it's best to continue my journey and pursue a master's degree at a university that will accept all that Waikili Ross brings to the table. Neither my talent nor passion for the sport of the game was being u- utilized to its potential at USC, end quote. Whoa. Wow, I mean, wow. That's the, my man uh, Waikili is um, actually making a big statement there. No doubt, you know, and and that that kind of bothers me from a standpoint that, I mean, we don't know what this kid is going to come in mentally. We know physically, um, you know, he's a great talent. Uh, we know he's a former four star guy, a guy that probably could have played either side of the ball at USC and probably could play either side of the ball here at UTEP. Um, that quote kind of bothers me because right now UTEP needs – they don't need a cancer in the locker room. I'm not saying why Keely Ross is a cancer, but just those type of statements. I mean, you, you got to think that, you know, there was a lot of vetting that went into bringing this kid in based off the way that he left. But, I mean, there's no denying the talent that he's going to bring. He's versatile. Oh. They have him starting at corner. Yeah, he can play do. safety. You know, but talent-wise, I mean, there's no doubt about it. If, if, he, if things go his way, we're not going to hear about, you know, that yeah, part of exactly. him. But that And that's really the hope because I think the kid can really come in and make a difference early on and I think maybe even this Saturday, well, especially against a spread attack that they're going to see with Houston Baptist. Well, sometimes in life you try things and they just don't work out and it could have been a situation situation there where um, he went out there and he thought it was going to work out and it just didn't work out you know it could be something like that and he had a bad experience and he just decided that you know what the USC is not the fit for me let me go somewhere and I'm telling you from personal experience too I work with a lot of people that they like they recognize you got talent but they don't give you the 
the uh, the accolades or they don't tell you like, hey, you're doing a good job, none of that stuff, you know, but then you meet somebody else and like, hey, you, you're great, you do a good job, and s- stuff like that. So it might be a situation like that, but uh, kind of concerning, but let me see what he does on the field first and let me see how his demeanor, how he's acting during the games. I want to see that. When stuff doesn't go his way, that's what I want to see. Exactly. And, and and so, well, it seemed like I just trashed a kid that hasn't played a minor yeah. uniform. I, I feel like I didn't, but there was a positive thing that I took away from what he talked about when he came here and that was his the maturity that's showing with him is he was more concerned about the grad program more than anything that i mean because he had suitors he could have gone anywhere but he chose well, that UTEP tells you that. and tells you so, that. so like i said while it sounded like you know i just trashed the guy it's not that it just you always in the game of college football the way that the society that we live in now with transfers and moving on you just never know but that quote right there was really really stand up of him even though you know we just read a quote when he left USC but just a few months later he's more concerned about his academics than his football talent which shows me a, a level of maturity that you hope because UTEP needs some leadership let's, let's be honest defensively they're, yeah. they're very young you know you got some guys that have been around but you don't have that true leader well, the, Ross the, can not, be not, that not, not in defense and right. in offense without a doubt they have Jones the, the, oh yeah the, no doubt without a doubt it's Brandon Jones and uh, we'll get into that when we get into the offense. I'll talk. I'll give you my thoughts on Brandon Jones. I'll, I'll let you know what Coach Dana Dimmel said about Brandon Jones because one of the things people are going to be very interested. Just remind me when we get to the offense is like what type of leash they're going to have on right. Brandon oh, yeah, Jones no, we'll because I'll tell you. I'll give you my experience what I what we saw last year. Yeah, but I mean, definitely, you, why Killy Ross, a guy to keep an eye on. Let's see what he does. On. I love that name, yeah. why Killy. Why Killy, he's definitely definitely a player to keep an eye on there. He's a guy that will probably be more than likely week two, week three, an impact player that everybody's going to identify. So UTEP also adding a returning player. Never see this really in college football, but Josh Fields returns to the roster. He had enrolled at Georgia Southern, comes back to, to El Paso, been in camp for about five, six days, and now he's back on the depth chart here. And they got me, him number two in the depth chart. And let me just say this for people that, that are going to trash or, or that have been trashing Josh Fields on Twitter and, and, and message boards. You don't know what this young man's been through. This young man has been through a lot in his life, really really since the end of November. So whatever this kid does, I will support it. If he wants to leave and come back, leave and come back. I mean, the kid lost his brother, who was like a role model to him. What we've been told, Um, you know, if if you know, if you're from El Paso and you follow high school football, you know the Fields brothers' legacy. Um, You know, you know how close that they were, and, and that anything. I mean, I mean, a best friend of mine who's like a brother died in 2011, and I lost my mind. You know, it's you you just don't know. You know, you got we always have to look at the athlete. We always look at the athlete part, but the person part why he left. And that's always the big question. Well, why? Why would you accept him back? Well, the kid, it's obviously there's stuff going on in his life where he needed to make changes. Maybe it didn't work out over there, but he's back. And I hope that he can come and have a huge season. And let me just say this right off the bat. You got to remember, these athletes are human, too. I mean, we all have problems. Alex, you got problems. I got problems, you know. Everybody's got problems, so we never really talk about the pro game, but because of the situation that you brought up, that every that people are out there uh, talking smack about fields, it reminds me about the Andrew Luck situation. Of course, exactly. this past Saturday night, who just announced his retirement, and the fans started to boo him. The fans, people wearing his, his jerseys were taking him off, but... This guy's been injured for like the last five years. For them, their their main concern is like, am I going to have this guy on my fantasy team? I think sometimes people kind of forget that these guys are human beings, and they've got problems. And physically, you know, like if you look at Andrew Luck, when I if I can talk about maybe the situation he's in, like 
he's thinking about his future. He's got to be, he's got to like, like he's, when he's got kids, his kids are growing up, you know, like he's thinking about maybe 15, 20 years in the future that he can actually walk properly. He can actually be mentally okay. Function and like a function, human. Exactly. Like later on in life. So if you're mentally spent, you're mentally spent. Everybody has a job or more likely that you've got sick and tired of being at the job and you just want out. And, and he said, if he's not mentally there, especially at the quarterback position, you got to get out right. and he's getting out and you know, it just blows me away that some of these fans are criticizing for that. And the same thing with, with Josh field that people are criticizing for that. It just, I think I, people like the one thing is like people find it real easy to criticize from right. the keyboard. Yeah, I know. And I mean, this was a guy that, that was out here in spring and, and looked the part that he could have a starting job, you know, so obviously it, something happened, you know, between April and the summer. Uh, and, and, you know, like I said, I'm just glad to have him back. UTEP yep. needs a running back depth. Obviously, you know, with, with, with Q Wadley going out for the season, obviously that opens things up and, and um, you know, maybe some, and some people are taking that route that is like, oh, well, you know, the starters and there he's coming back. I think it's more deeper than that. I don't think it has nothing to do with football. I, I honestly think him coming and going has zero to do with football. Football and more with whatever's going on in his personal life, which I'm hoping it seems like it's you know everything it seems to be squared away there. And obviously, you know now on the football side of it, that gives him peace of mind because he's worried about a football game, worrying about class this week, yeah, exactly. and not having to worry about whatever's going on. So I'm happy that Josh Fields is back. You know, he was a guy that I really enjoyed watching play high school football. Three years of him uh, calling his games and, and talking with him and learning the the personality that he has, the bubble person, bubbly personality that he has, and. Um, Definitely going to be a big fan of him. I'm rooting for him this year. I really, really would love to see him break out. And, and you know, this season, obviously, maybe he's not saying it. Got to be dedicated to his brother, oh, especially course. a bounce back here of for course. him. And let me just say this. for our, You know how many times uh, uh, all the years we've covered UTEP, Alex, you hear this. How come they don't have any more, uh, more El Pasoans on the team? How come we don't recruit more in El Paso? Let me just say this. When I look at the running back depth chart, of course, starting is Trayvon Hughes. But then you just talk about Josh Josh Fields, Americas. Then my man from Isleta, Ray Flores, right there. And then Dion. The, the all-time leading rusher uh, from UTEP, I think, was Aaron Jones? Yes. He went to Burke. I think he's in the NFL. But what I'm trying to say is, uh, you look at the depth chart, three of them are from El Paso. And by the way, all three, every they have four running backs on the depth chart. Every one of them is going to get the ball because well, they've said. We might as well yeah, go let's talk into about the depth that, man. chart. Let's talk the, about the that. The depth chart was released today. That was, I've really been waiting for this impatiently over the past couple of weeks. I think there was. Okay, stop. Which is uh, the position that you're most interested? The receiver rotation. Um, I think offensive line. We knew kind of who was going to who was going to be there. Um, offensive line. Let's just let's start there. It's going to be fluid. Um, you're looking at left tackle with Darda Lee and Zui Henry. You know, that's going to be package-based. You know, Zuli Henry played – or Zuri Henry, excuse me, played really well last year. Lee has a little bit more of that experience, a transfer guy um, that they brought in. Those guys, you can interchange them. Same thing at left guard. Even though I think Bobby DeHaro may have a little bit more of uh, – he's probably an entrenched starter there because he's returning. Um, talented guy. And you look at center, Darren Gatewood, another guy that's that's entrenched there. But right guard and right tackle, I think, is where you're going to see a lot of movement. you got Ruben Guerra, Elijah Klein, and, and Bijan Hosini. All three of those guys played last year and played a lot. Well, and, and they were kind of forced to – to play to because play. here's the big difference between, and we talked about in the previous podcast, last year they were banged up every single game. Every single game there was a different starting rotation for the offensive line. This year everybody's healthy. 
and it's going to mostly everybody's healthy. It's going to be, uh, hopefully, it pays dividends that some of these guys that were forced to play last year that now, hey, they know what to expect because they, they were forced in there last year. And, and I totally agree with that. And you're looking at right tackle, Greg Long and Jeremiah Byers. Long, one of those guys that missed time for injury, definitely one of the more talented linemen UTEP has next to Darren Gatewood. That's another entrenched spot. But this depth chart to me shows kind of the depth and the versatility that UTEP has on the offensive line to be able to move guys around. Hosini, can, he, he came in, I think Cougar recruited him as a tackle originally. He moved inside to guard. Elijah Klein, same deal. He was originally recruited as a tackle. Marcos Lujan plays center. Guerra plays center. But Luhan can also slide over to guard. You know, and another thing, too, we saw a lot of big young guys when we went to camp. You know, did, and another sure one did. of those guys is Jeremiah Byers, who's behind Greg Long at right tackle. So, you know, I think we it's pretty much set here with the offensive line. I think when, when they go uneven offensive line where they go six, seven offensive linemen, when I say even offensive line, I think that's going to be nice to have. You have you can throw your package in there with Zuri Henry. Um, you know, Hosini can also be getting in that mix as an extra guard, another athlete that you can put out there on the offensive line. So I really like the way that it's set up here. The receiver, though, the, the receiver rotation, I don't, you know, if you're reading this uh this depth chart don't read into who's one two three four right now with the receivers that's going to be very fluid and we saw that firsthand when we went up to the Rio Doso in, in that scrimmage you know I really think Devon Cooper is going to take over as a starter opposite of Trey Wolf right now they have them basically lined up at the same receiver spot they were lined up on opposite ends during that scrimmage so that's going to be different you're going to see at, at the slot receiver spot Walter Don will probably start yeah but, but don't don't he, he loves they love uh Jacob Cohen. they love Cowling, Jacob Cohen, and then they we really and do. we saw Justin Garrett really have a nice yeah. day up there in Rio Doso too so this wide receiver group is very, very talented and very deep. Now, I'm surprised I'm using the word very, very talented because I wouldn't, I didn't say that last year. But from well, and, and it's honest, it is what it was. You it, it, know? it is what it was, but these guys have, have really it. improved. And, and, they've, and they, they really improved, and I think that this is going to be the more interesting and more productive group than we've seen out of the wide receivers because, going well, to your well, point of your man, Brandon Jones, yeah, I mean, you got a true leader on offense he, to help him. And, and no doubt last year was a very run-heavy offense, you know, and of course not only using the legs of the running backs but also of Kyle Oxley, you know, they relied on that a lot, you know, they just very one-dimensional and I think this is the, the thing that we're going to see with this minor team, let's see uh, what uh, OC offensive coordinator Mike Canales can go out there and do, what creativity we can see, but without a doubt one of the things they have improved on this season is in the wide receiver position. Yeah, and, and it's that we'll see full circle how it is against a team like Houston Baptist, where you especially where they say they have a bad defense, right? Where you exactly where you figure you should get open FCS opponent, not only that, but a bad FCS opponent historically on defense over the past couple of years. So that's going to be a real interesting group. I don't think I think you, you're looking at the depth chart and you're going to you're looking at the depth chart. And you're thinking, oh, one, two, three. You're going to see a lot of these guys on the field at the same time. You're going to see Cooper on one side. You're going to see Wolf on the other side. You're going to see pairings with Garrett at a slot receiver. You could even see Walter Donna a slot receiver with Garrett at the same time there's some versatility there and, and, and really to me if that's not being used by Mike Canales well we have a problem here because they, we are going to have a serious be, because problem because uh, these guys should be on the field there we saw that firsthand we saw that there's potential there put these guys in a game situation and make them play or let them make plays last um, year they were very predictable I'm just right, telling exactly. you on offense it, very predictable and, and now you have some weapons where you can kind of move around pre-snap and that's what I like about this depth chart is, is you, you have some weapons to move around and and make a defense. And, think and, a and I will bit. say this, uh, Coach Dimbo today in the press conference, he said straight up, like, 
everybody's going to get an opportunity to play out there. Let's see what they can do out there. Cause like what I, what I've always said is like, you can have great practices, but let's see what actually happens when you're actually playing, when it's actually on the line. And that's the big, that's the big point right there. That's the period and the story right there yeah, for that wide receiver crew. But looking at the quarterbacks and, and a big point of emphasis that I think Dana Demo wanted to say is the least ain't short with Brandon Jones. Yep. And that, what that tells me, he's our guy. We knew that. We felt it. We felt the confidence from our team. But now the head coach in his first press conference did the right thing. And basically, and, it's his and, team. And he even pointed out to what, what I was going to say about last season uh, with Ryan Metz. And by the way, I saw Ryan Metz today, and I asked him, hey, what's it like now being one of the coaches' assistants? He's like, got to get him on the show, man. We will, we will. And then he was like, man, it's just I'm not used to it yet. But he was happy. He was like, I'll get, I'll get there. But he was looking pretty good um, with, with Ryan Metz. But... You talk about that, like Ryan Metz. They made him the like they made him the starting quarterback. He had a couple of bad series, and he was out. And they put Kyle Oxley in, and that was it. The rest yeah. of the, the rest of the season was history. But to your point, like you said, and even Coach Demo said this, he is not. He does not have a short leash on Brandon Jones. If he makes a couple of mistakes, it's okay. He's going to go out there. He's going to go out there and learn how to lead, lead this team and play the quarterback position. Yeah, and, and you know that's the right way to go about it. You know, yeah. I, I think that's not only. Going, I, and honestly, he's earned it. He's earned, he it, earned it. But, but you you talking about UTEP's inconsistency at quarterback over the past four or five years, going back to the Coogler years. You know, I I don't know this for a fact. I don't know if Ryan would ever admit this. Ryan Metz will admit this. But you know, there there was a lot of pressure because you never because Coogler had high standards and they didn't throw the ball very much. Obviously, so his window or his margin of error has seems to be slim his whole career where he would mess up or he would have a bad couple series and he's out. So I think that parlays into why UTEP's really struggled at quarterback. So now with this approach, with Brandon Jones, and he knows that, you know what, I can have two or three bad series and I'm not going to be on the bench. I can have two or three series, go to the sideline between each series and improve myself and try to get better. I think that pressure being off, let's see what that does for a UTEP quarterback. You know, not so much, Brandon, let's not talk about the skill set. Let's just talk about the psyche of the UTEP quarterbacks over the past five, six years and see if that comfortability or that knowledge of, look, I, I have some wiggle room here. Let's see what that does. And especially a guy with already high confidence of not only his offense, but his personnel that and, Brandon Jones has. And, that could and, be and something be that honest, takes him to the next what level. We, what we have seen in person, in practice, he's looked pretty good. A right. uh, big improvement from last season. The one, Confidence goes a long way. No doubt about well, it. A very long way. So keeping with the theme in the backfield, the running back position, and, I mean, this is – this is just like the wide receiver position. Trayvon Hughes, he'll get the first few carries. It wouldn't surprise me if, if the game is if the game is close, it wouldn't surprise me to see uh, Trayvon get 15 to 20 carries to get the load of it. Um, but we're going to see Josh Fields. We're going to see Reynaldo Flores. We're going to see Deion Hankins. How much, I think, dictates situation down in distance, packages. Um, but really what this tells me right here is really Trayvon Hughes and Josh Fields may get the early of the bolt carries. Yeah. But but Coach Dimmel did say that every every one of these running backs that you just mentioned, they're going to get the ball. They're going to get the rock. Let's see what they can do. And, and, and I'm I, excited for some of these guys. Like with Ray Flores, of course, they redshirted him last year. You know, like and he's one of the guys that every time I'm in practice, he is standing out. Right. You know, he's he's going to surprise some people out there. And and with Dion, of course, we have high hopes for Dion, of course, because of us covering him last year and all his tremendous career at Parkland. I've covered him since he was a freshman, man. Exactly. Well, I'm just saying this. <laughs> I said I did say his career. I did say his <laughs> yes, career. Uh, the one thing with Dion and one thing Dion has admitted is that 
he hasn't gotten like the whole grasp of it yet. But without a doubt, Hankins is the one that's got the biggest potential of all of these running backs. But once he once he gets it, it's going to be scary. And I think this game, and we'll get into it more. One of the strengths I feel is, is that UTEP should be able to run the ball at will against Houston Baptist. The passing game, you know what? That'll come as it goes. But I think the running game is where you're going to really see this UTEP team kind of dig in and. and it, with the possibility of, you know, UTEP could have themselves an issue, not so much an issue, but a good problem to have three or four of these guys have big games. Let's just say three or four of these guys get more than 40, 50 yards in the ball game. You, you run for 250 in your season opener. You, the word you just use right now, the C word, confidence. Confidence, confidence you know, baby. And, and that's the big thing, I think, with this group that I'm looking forward to is, is against a defense that's, that's lesser talented, particularly in the offensive front. Our offensive front should be able to push them around, open some gaps, give some give some running room to these guys, and let's see what they can do against an FCS opponent. Let's see how many highlights they can make, well, particularly the guy that we just finished talking about, Deion Hankin. Yeah. The, the, you know, we talked about his, you know, monsters talked about his mental curve. That's what he's working on, grasping the play, but grasping the concepts, grasping, um, you know, all the verbiage and everything that goes into college football. This is a team that they're playing against where talent can kind of win out more than scheme and more than knowing what you're doing. And if Deion Hankins out-talents Houston Baptist, well, let's see how Deion ha- – you know, the next test will be, okay, let's go to Texas Tech and see let's if we can out Because then yeah. you might have something – then you might have something special like Aaron Jones Correct. on your hands where you just have one of those j- just alpha – dogs that just go off yep. and I think that's really the hope with the Deion Hankins and even you know Trayvon Hughes who showed flashes last year so this is a big confidence game for that running back group can't forget about the fullbacks Forrest McKee is back one of my favorite minors good to see him guy. go back I love, I love him guy. too I love man I'm glad to see him come back he's going to be the starter behind him very inexperienced guys at fullback gotta keep McKee healthy James Tupopu uh, he was Tupopu now I'm just Allen, like, now I'm like Tice you're correcting you dog you gotta correct me because I'm I just terrible can't with names get, I, I can't wait you until you start talking about the defense, defense. I guys, I, I want to see if you can pronounce his name. You know what I'm talking about. We're going to have fun I'm talking with about that Denzel. one. Can you, can you pronounce Denzel's last name? Chikawekalu. Chikawalu. The K-Silent. Chikawalu. I knew that. See, I but that's, that. just, that's just me because I'm listening to Tyson doing the <laughs> games. And I'm like, when you're first looking at it, I'm like, I don't know how to say that. But it's like... Chukakalu. I love saying that name. <laughs> but finishing up here with the fullbacks, behind McKee, I mean, you have t- uh, Tupopu. I said his name Tuopu. wrong again. Tuopu. Yeah, I'm just going to point to you to say it. And then Rashad Beecham, new name for me. I haven't seen that name. 6'2", 235, sophomore out of Cibolo, Texas. He's a transfer from Allen Hancock College. So basically there, you got a lot of inexperience behind Forrest McKee. And obviously, they don't use the fullback as much as they did in the Cougar area, but it's still an important part of the UTEP run game. So... Overall thoughts on the offensive depth chart, not very many surprises, yeah. kind of what we expected, um, but it's it's basically going to be uh, what have you done for me depth chart, I think, going week to week in the well, season. I, I think it's a depth chart that's got to go out there and prove themselves. I mean, exactly. that's what it is. I mean, because one of my favorite sayings is it is what it is, and right now what you are, you won one, t- one game the last two years, and you got to change that mentality, not only for the, for the team, for the people that cover this, this team for the the nation that notices and also for the people in the stands, you know, like if you want more people starting to support this program, you got to go out there and win because that's, I hate, I hate to say this, that's El Paso is. El Paso only supports you when you start winning. And that's just the bottom line because that's how they are. Uh, but just, before we talk about the defense, we got to mention, like, if you are going to the game, there's going to be some stuff you're going to have to deal with. And I'm talking about the construction, that the renovations that they're doing to the Ooh. stadium. So on the press box side, you're going to have to deal with some issues there on the press box side. So just be aware that when you do go to the game and if you're sitting in the press box side, 
you're going to have to deal with some issues because there's some construction going on and there's like a big section, like the, basically the middle part of it is closed off. I mean, so just be aware when you go to the game, um, that's one of the things that you're going to have to deal with. But don't forget, they also had that, like the VIP party pass stuff like on the field now, um, that which I'm actually kind of looking forward to see gonna, how that You're going to jump in that mix on, you know, on Saturday. I, mean, I know you are. I'm about to the, the, you. the first thing I asked is like, what's going to happen when they kick a field goal and it goes in there? And they're, well, they're going to have a net. They're going to have, they're going to put up a net, which we've never seen at UTEP. No, never. But they're going to have a net. And I was like, ah, okay. I was like, I was hoping to go in there and jump in there, you know, maybe save, save yeah. somebody. Yeah, maybe, you know. Uh, but uh, I just want to point it out to people that when you go to the game, be aware that there's construction going on in the Sun Bowl uh, on the press box side and even on the press box itself. So it's going to be interesting even for us when we go there. I'm interested when I go on Friday to kind of test out the equipment, what I'm going to have to deal with on Friday. Adam, so. I can't wait till it's done, though. Let that, let's, let's hurry up and finish that. Let me just say for, like, the media purposes, once you're on the field, you're going to want to stay on the field. Yeah. That's what I'm going to say. Because it's going to be kind of hard to get up there. Well, it is very hot, though, so I was kind of thinking of... Well, what is the what is the weather going to be like? Uh, nine, let me check the weather. 95, I believe. 95 is going to be Yeah, but, uh, but but you know what? Does the Once the shade hits, you're good to go. Yeah, Last year, second game of the year, we're in Vegas. Vegas. It was 110. But the first hit I did well, for the for the UTEP broadcast, I was in the sun. I was just baking. Once it, I think once the 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 once the game started, uh, thirty minutes later, the shade was already there. It made a huge difference. It was still one one oh nine or something like that, but playing in the shade as opposed to the sun actually like hitting you, it makes a big difference. Easy for me to say because I'm just on the sideline walking around, observing. I'm sure the players had something different to say about that. You know, I thought it was on like it was hotter for me when we played. Uh, Tennessee uh, uh, two weeks later at Tennessee because that was a, a 12 o'clock game over there, 10 o'clock here, where the sun was just on us the entire time. For me, physically, just being on the silence, I thought that was a, a harder game to be at than the Vegas one, even though Vegas one was literally hotter, but we were in the shade. That's just, what I'm trying to just say. Just give me dry heat and some AC, man. Yeah. <laughs> so back to the defense here, looking at UTEP's defense, uh, UTEP's depth charts. We preview the defensive side. As far as linebacker goes, I don't see very many changes there um, as far as in and out changes. Now, we talked about a lot of rotation-wise on the offensive side. Linebacker is probably safe. Joe John, Joe J. Smith, he's going to be a guy that's really going to stand out to a lot of you fans that haven't seen him yet. He is a really good talent at linebacker. That's a really good get out of the JUCO ranks. He's going to surprise some people. Actually went to Garden City. I've been watching that last chance you, Garden City, beat. That independence team with their defense. What, what is Garden City? Garden is that a basketball it's, it's thing? A, it's, no, it's a it's a JUCO out of Kansas. The JUCOs in Kansas. You never seen Last Chance You? I got to put you on that one. Last Chance You. Last Chance You on Netflix. Thing it's on ne- that's, that's a Netflix. That's that, when I watch that. I ain't gonna lie to you right now. Right now, Netflix. I'm on the Office. Dog. Yeah, I ain't yeah. gonna lie to you. I'm like I'm, I'm like Michael Scott. That, that, that's right that's, now. that's what I'm talking about. That's why I've, I've started watching it. But that, that jumped out me that he's from Garden City. But Jason Van Hook. It's great to see Jason Van Hook. On the back on the the depth chart, really good to see him there. Um, Stephen Forrester, a guy that's you know been very very experienced, is another guy on there. Uh, Sione Tiopu, the brother of James, is yeah. another experienced linebacker. And then Kalai Giffen, Kalai Griffin at the Sam, Dylan Parsi at the Sam. Those guys are very experienced. So I like that experience at the linebacker spot. Now, what we've talked about a couple weeks ago, the depth 
behind them really concerns me. Um, but to have those guys at linebacker, obviously replacing A.J. Hawkins, Hodgkins is going to be, be really a key. hard. Because I'll be honest, he was the heart of that defense last year. You know, uh, I saw a couple of times where he was pretty banged up and, you know, was ready to go. Like Without a doubt, he was the uh, the toughest guy I saw on that team yeah, was A.J. Hopkins. Yeah, and, 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 and linebacker spot, though, I, I think – I think we're okay. DJ Turner's kind of a new name for me. Uh, I won't really want to see another one of those transfers on the defensive side. You know, he he has some questions as well to see if he can move in, but a really good-looking athlete, 5'11", 215, uh, you know, sophomore transfer from War Park College. That linebacker crew is going to be real interesting to see. Like I said, I don't see too many interchanging parts there. Um, obviously, we, at, before the end of the season, we could see more Dylan Parsee. Um, you know, we could see a little bit more of Stephen Forrester um, just because they're experienced guys. But I really like that um, setup there with that linebacker crew. But the most interesting part, and I think where the most depth is going to be shown, is on that defensive line. Starting yes. right at, I think, let, let's, this right here. Yes. Your, your boy Praise, man. Praise Amawale. 6'3", 245, looks like a linebacker, looks and, like and, a, 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 and a, a me, safety. And let, me, and let me say praise. Uh, he is the spark. Uh, last year, he didn't play. Uh, he got into, like, maybe the last four let, games let me ask of the you this. season. Let, yes. let me ask you this. From you saw him grow is he, to you, one of the more freakish athletes UTEP has on the roster? He really is. And one of the things, he's one of these guys that's very motivational. He's one of the guys that's always one of the loudest. I mean, matter of fact, him and I have, a, like, a relation. Like every time we see each other, like, man, there are times where he was trying to get the microphone away from me. True story. <laughs> I mean, that's my man praise. You know, every time I see him, like, we both uh, start talking to each other. And um, when he was on the sidelines, he'd be the guy. There's always – every team needs one guy that's always like, let's go, guys. We can do this. Let's get it Let's get it going, get going right. He's the vocal cheerleader, and now he's getting to play. He's a special athlete. I'm not going to lie to you. He's a special athlete. I really think that he, this is a great move for him because last year they were kind of trying to find a position for yeah. him. You know, they well, were, Remember, they were, he only played though. They, they, he was technically redshirted right. because with that rule, with the – well, you can game. redshirt, you can still play four games. So he played the last four games of the season. But it seemed like they weren't sure where they're going to put him at linebacker yep. safety. So they put his hand on the ground here. I think he's going to be a very productive pass rusher for you. And, and he's gained a couple of pounds. He looks oh, man, way he better looked, this year. I mean, because you and like I said, you can you look at his body's type. You could really put him anywhere. But as an end rusher, and I think you'll see him on third and long packages. Um, shoot, you could even see him line up as a linebacker and be a blitzing linebacker in certain packages from Mike Cox. That's a true weapon. That's really the first time that you, really since Roy Robertson Harris, that UTEP's had a pass rushing weapon that's particular a go get the quarterback if, type if, of guy. If, if there's a couple of guys that I mean, I want everybody to do good on this team. But for some of the guys that like you specifically, go get them. This is one. This is my guy. Right. You know, and without a doubt. And there's a lot, lot of depth behind him. Josh Ortega drew a lot of praise from the coaching staff. And I really like Josh Ortega going back to his Montwood days as a defensive lineman or, or as a three tech. He's listed as a DN here. He played tackle, three tech, nose guard at times in Montwood, and he looked a part of a guy that can play division one football. And he's continued to grow um here at UTEP. Two year letterman, six two, two eighty five. Definitely a guy that you're gonna see in there along with Sonny Buckingham, a guy that they were really high on last yeah, year. And my man Sonny Buckingham is now one of the, another one one of my guys that I like I know personally I talked to him a lot you know spent a lot of time and, and Ridoso you know dealt with the he was he didn't play it all last year because of the injury 
Um, he's got not only him, but also his brother Christian, who Christian plays wild tight end. Uh, Christian Buckingham, you know, Sonny's 85, Christian is 87. I'm good to see the Buckingham be- uh, brothers go out there and do their thing. That's the one thing that I'm going to say about this UTEP team going into this game one. They're healthy, man. They're, and, I, and I can't remember the last time a UTEP team was healthy going into a game. I really, I really don't remember. And it's good for Buckingham because he, they yeah. coaches have been real high on yeah. him. And a lot of these defensive ends, as we switch over to the other side at defensive end, a lot of these guys are interchangeable. You can move them on either side. The, the you mean the guy that's never probably going to see see the bench or, or see any type of breath, breathing unless he's or breath on the sideline unless he's just dead tired is your boy Denzel you know Chuka Kalu Chuka Kalu he ain't coming off the field three-year letterman definitely one of the top off defensive linemen maybe in the conference USA West division um you know that guy right there is going to make a difference you know along with praise Amawali you hope that you have a pass rushing tandem and it's time it's time for it's time if, for if, if, if last year AJ Hodgkins was the heart of the defense I think this year it's going to be Denzel it has Without to be a you know, he's, he's be a guy th- that he showed those flashes it hasn't been consistent enough to really say okay Okay, he's a star of the defense, but as a senior, and he's another one of those guys that brings that energy. He's another one of those guys that, that that can fire guys up by making a play, and not only that, but by his leadership. I expect a big year from him. And then you're looking at the defensive tackle, the guy that's really played alongside with Chekawalu for most of his career, Chris Richardson. I, said, I can't say it. I'm terrible with names. But Chris Richardson, I'm excited to see him. He's another one of those talented guys, an all-conference type of guy. Chris Richardson, I really, really like him. Diedrich Simpson, another guy that's, I mean, he Simpson came in as a linebacker in the Kugler era. Now he's up to 6'3", 300. Interested to see this name also at the nose tackle position. Savian Jenkins, a redshirt freshman, one of the first commits that that I saw Dana Dimmel get and kind of raised my eyebrow like, hey, how did you go into Shirts, Texas and pick up a, a, a talented guy like him that maybe didn't have the big offers, but he's in a, a re- and, heavy recruited area there. And when you talk about recruiting, uh, Dimmel did talk about that today during the presser, and he talked about how he was he was happy with the, the first uh, recruiting class he had, but he was very happy with the second. But when you talk about the, the the Jenkins right there, he's he's like, of course, he's from this first recruiting class, and he says that those guys are coming up, so he's excited to see what these guys can do out there on the field. And I'm excited to see Jenkins once he gets in the field. I, I think he has really good potential at, at, at nose tackle there. Obviously, right now he's got a couple of guys that are experienced ahead of him, but a very good pickup, and it's good to see him really kind of make his way on the depth chart. So as we move on to the secondary, and the secondary, man, I mean, I feel like we can talk about the secondary for about three hours because there's going to be a lot of moving parts there. I think without a doubt, I think your two set, your three actually set starters that you'll see never leave the field right now. Josh Caldwell, um, you know, the JUCO transfer has really, really etched himself as one of the top defensive backs on this team. Michael Lewis, obviously a, an experienced guy, he's returning. He's gone through a lot in his career as well. Out of Euless Trinity, he's played high-level ball pretty much here his whole life. Uh, you know, going back to high school and even here, he was a he was, he was a star as a freshman. I want to say you even made the, the all freshman team. Of uh, my memories, right? And then you have, uh, you know, obviously Justin Rogers. They moved to free safety. He's never going to see the. He's never. He's going to be out there. And then, uh, you know, that we talked about why Killy Ross yep. also another yep. name that you could see there in trench. But you know, Miles Banks at corner um, at the other corner spot. Deron Lowe, Ray Walters, who is a true freshman. That that's going to be on the depth chart here and been probably going to see a lot of playing time there at the corner spot. And then at the safety spot, you know, Tyson Wilson, Devani Nang, um, 
Adrian Hansen, Hansen, excuse me, out of Corpus Christi, who's been a, a five, six-year senior, another guy that's really stood out on special teams. And then, you know, you look at strong safety, and you have two interchangeable guys, Justin Prince and Tyreek James. Both of those guys have been talked about highly from the coaching staff. You know, we talk so much about the interchangeable parts at the wide receiver position. Defensive back, you know, these guys are fighting for jobs over the next couple of weeks, the, the, you know, not only in practice but in games. And that's going to be real interesting to see how that competition turns into production for some of these guys because that production that competition is going to equal who's out there in certain packages and early on in the season I really feel and we've talked about this before there's going to be some growing pains on defense particularly on the communication part athletic athletic wise UTEP they did a great job of recruiting some athletes out there. Mike Cox, all the defensive coaches that are recruiting their positions, recruited great athletes in there. Now it's about cohesion. Now it's about learning the system, communicating, pre-snap identification, who you have, what what coverage are we in, where are we rolling our coverage, you know, where's the backside help, who's helping who. That is what's going to be something that's going to turn a guy that, you know, maybe had a rough game one but figures it out game two and came in there and played well. Well, that's why he's starting, and I think that's what you're going to see with the defensive backfield. But there's a lot of talent, and, you know, what you're going to see on the sideline, Monsters, yeah. is on defense. You're going to see continuous substitution in the secondary, I think, in, in week one. That can turn into a bad thing against a pass-happy Houston Baptist team, or it can flex UTEP's depth if these guys produce. And like I said, we're going to find out game one because we said that Houston Baptist doesn't have a good all, uh, defense, but they have a good offense, and that's where this minor team is going to be tested. No doubt, that, no doubt they're against Houston Baptist. And like I said, that's the beauty is that – and that's one of the things that we talked about is that we kind of figured that the defense is going to start a little bit slower than the offense. But once that defense gets rolling, because you do have some inexperienced players there. Uh, but like I said, Coach Cox, like I said, we're just very lucky that we have him, you know, because I just think um, he's a tremendous coach and he's going to get him ready, man. No doubt about it. But I said that they're. That grow, there'll be growing pains, but oh, no doubt about it. I think the strength early on with this defense will be the pass rush before things play out. So finally wrapping up the depth chart. Hey, you remember, kickers are people too, man. Don't forget hey, about man, your kickers. I know people forget about the kickers, especially when we need three points, uh, one point to win a game. You know, they be, All of a sudden, they become the most important person on that team. Yep, and that cost UTEP a win a couple of years ago, and that's something that Dana Demo has addressed by getting scholarship kickers in here, not just guys yep. off the street. So it looks like Gavin – if I'm gonna know, I'm gonna murder this last name. Uh, is it B- Bachel? Uh, is it Bachel? Bachel? I can't remember. Gavin Bachel. You got me. Six one, 160 pounder out of McKinney, a sophomore. He's gonna take over over Brady Viles, who's the more returning, experienced guy in there at kicker. Mitchell Crawford returns. He'll handle punts. Tanner Boston will be the long snapper. Now I don't see on this sheet any returners, um, but you know we saw out there we saw Walter Don mix in with the returners. He's going to be a return guy. Also heard Jacob Cowing, uh, the freshman that you talked about, another type of another return guy what, that what, could possibly what, make it be know, in the mix. One of the things that they've got to work with the uh, special teams, especially last season, is the uh, whoever the punt returner is or the kick returner, they got to learn when to field the ball, you know, because there's some instances where like they're fielding the ball, like at the one yard line, they're bringing it, uh, they're bringing it out when they should just let it go into the end zone. Then when the, the same thing with the punt, you know, and then sometimes I think just better judgments got to be made uh, by the punt recruit, by the kickoff or the punt re- return crew, because uh, that cost them a lot of penalties last year. Hopefully they they fix that for this season. So there you have it, the 2019 UTEP depth chart, and just some quick thoughts on it. I mean, I really feel like this – 
this depth chart, in a sense, kind of backed up what we saw and talked about in Rio Doso. You know, lots of pieces, lots of potential, um, but you got to you got to produce. You know, you 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 got to come out in these games and really show that you can earn this spot. Um, and not only that, but but continue to produce. It's not just a one game thing or a two game stretch. And that's really been UTEP's problem. Well, the, the thing over is, the past few is years. they got to be consistent. And exactly. speaking of consistent, uh, that's another thing that Coach Dimmel talked about that he wants his team, especially on offense. Uh, to be consistent, uh, he talked about how important that first drive is. You know, it wants to start fast, but at the same time, be consistent throughout the one game. And I'm telling you right now, like, first drives mean a lot. Mm-hmm. Last year, we're in Tennessee, uh, historic Neyland Stadium. I'm talking to uh, Coach uh, Mike Cox before the game, as I always do. You know, just off air, just me and him talking, he was like, man, if we can if we can stop them, if we can give them a three and out or just stop them on that first drive – man, they're just going to hype us up from defense. And that's exactly what happened. And you saw how that game transpired against Tennessee. And we've talked about this a lot. Like if they had any offense, any help on offense, UTEP had a real legit shot of winning that ball game. But, of course, Tennessee's defense did a good job on UTEP's offense. So previewing week one, a game that I think UTEP has a chance to win a ball game this they're Friday. They're going to win man. it. But looking at Houston Baptist, in a nutshell, I mean, we're not going to sit here and break down a, a, a FCS team and act like we know everything about them. I mean, guys, we don't. Um, Texas Tech may be a little bit different. You know, we maybe have a little bit more insight on he, them. He did. He did mention this that they, um, they, they do on, on offense. They run a Texas Tech style offense, but more Mike Leash. Texas Tech which would style be, which offense. would be an air raid, and, which, and, which means it's a fast pace offense, right? So you you got your air raid guy, junior quarterback, uh, Brad Bailey Zape. I hope I'm saying that right because I've been murdering names on this podcast this evening here. And man, it's all right, man. Close, close, right? Yeah, I mean, Either way, the guy threw for 2,000 yards, 2,800 yards, 23 scores in his sophomore campaign. Campaign They averaged just 27.4 points per game last year. 1 in 10, I believe, was their record. Didn't do too well, obviously, but to throw for almost 3,000 yards, I mean, that shows you have some type of offensive system. Uh, one of the returners that comes back on, on offense, sophomore wideout Jareth Stearns, he led the Southland Conference with 68 receptions last year. So, Kind of parlays into what you talked about in the opening with Houston. They return or Houston Baptist. They return a experienced quarterback, an experienced pass catcher, and like we mentioned, UTEP's biggest question is all these new pieces in the secondary. This is a confident quarterback. He's going to come in here. He shouldn't be rattled by the sumble. Um, he's played his freshman year at the Southland Conference. Didn't see who Houston Baptist played last year. Uh, Big school wise, in terms of where did they win, if they played any big games, but you know the guy has experience. He's been in the year in the system. This is year two of their system. I expect similar or better numbers, and let's just hope it doesn't happen week one. But that's that's something to keep an eye on offensively. You have an offense there, you know, that's going to throw the football. And like we mentioned, we're we know we're not too much concerned about the athletes in the secondary, but more the cohesion and more of the chemistry that's going to get tested on the first series, just like you mentioned with Mike Cox talking about. Yeah, yeah, no doubt there, and let's see what happens. So looking at the defensive side, Andre Walker, 11.5 career tackles as he enters his senior season. He's definitely by far their top defensive player at defensive end. Um, They lost two starting corners. Um, They do return linebacker Caleb Johnson, who averaged nine tackles per game last year. They return eight uh, eight starters on defense. Um, Taylor Holmes is a senior linebacker, six-year starter, another guy, or six-year senior, another guy to keep an eye on. But, I mean, really the thing is on offense with this ball club. I mean, they return – 
nine starters on offense. Um, you know, six linemen were part of their new re- recruiting class. So I think early on in the year, that's where the advantage is here. You're talking about a restocked offensive line with Juco pieces and, and, and new freshmen. And now we talked about we like UTEP's defensive end depth. There's your first key. Get after the quarterback. Make those yep. make those offensive linemen think this is their first time with bullets coming at them. Fly at them hard. That This could be a game where we see UTEP really play in the backfield for the first time in a while. And, and I expect three, four, maybe even five sacks in this ballgame. I think when I talk about making a statement in this ballgame, that's where you do it. You win up front against an experienced offensive line and put that quarterback on his back. And you know for a fact that Coach Mike Cox is going to do that. That's exactly what he's probably going to do. And so that is going to be a very interesting matchup there. That's the key matchup for me. UTEP's defensive line versus a weaker offensive line. Now, on the offensive side for UTEP, like I talked about, I really think this is a game UTEP can control the offensive line. I expect no less than 200 yards rushing in this ballgame, especially if UTEP can control it. I don't, I don't, it'd be great to see Brandon Jones go out there, sling the rock, through for Throw for 250 yards, but that's not who UTEP is. UTEP wants to run the ball. Not Not yet. yet. They want to run the ball. They want to dictate the passing game with play action and beat you downfield. You know, I want to see them just run the ball straight up the gut. You know, get your your Trayvon Hughes. Get him 10 carries. Get him 100 yards. Get Josh Fields some confidence. Get your young guys some confidence. I think it can really happen. Uh, You know, UTEP 17 and a half point favorite. Yeah. The over under is at 61. You know, Vegas thinks that it's going to be a, a low scoring ball game. I think with Houston Baptist's defense early on, in, or offense early on in the game, it wouldn't surprise me if they get a cheap long touchdown that everybody's like, oh, here we go again. That It's going to happen. And that's it, what it, they need to do. That's it, why when, when Coach Demo talks about that UTEP on offense, they've got to start fast. They, they really do because of what you said. Oh, here we go again, because if Houston Baptist can start fast on offense for themselves and they score a touchdown right away, I'm telling you right off the bat, the demeanor of that team is going to go, oh, my God, it's just like last year. Right. Uh, I'm very interested to see who gets the ball first, no doubt. You know, and more likely, I think if UTEP wins the the, the coin toss, I think he's going to give it to to his offense first. You know, just because he wants to get that fast start on on offense. So if they do that, what do you think would be their scripted play? Run heavy, control it, try to kill seven, eight minutes, and one of those one of those so. lengthy drives. I, I think so. You're going to run the ball, and then when you start having some success on the on the run, then that's when you throw the play action there. You know, and let's see what they can do. Uh, but I will say this, and you, you just brought this up there as we're talking about this. Those boys in Vegas usually have it right. Yeah, they do. If they have UTIP favored by 17 points at the end of the day, they know that the Miners are a better team than Houston Baptist. So even though I tell you that I don't care if they win by one or they win by 17, 18, or 19, there is no excuse. Right. They, sh- they should go out there and win this game. There is no excuse. There no. is no excuse for them to lose to a team like Houston Baptist. Last year when they played Northern Arizona, I think Northern Arizona was favored to win the game. Yeah, let's and, be honest. And, and, and let's be honest, we didn't know what to expect out of UTEP yeah. under a Dana Demo UTEP yeah. team. You knew, knew, knew everything. Knew, you know? knew everything. We, we didn't. I mean, we. Ex- let's be honest. I expected them to lose that game. I, I yeah. did not expect UTEP to compete with Northern Arizona. I expected it to be a close game. I didn't think that they would come in here and roll us by eighteen points, whatever they did. But no, the, that you you hit a right point of the mentality of this club. You know. Throwing out the X's and O's, let's throw out the depth chart. The mentality should be, you know, we're gonna kick your ass. Exactly. That's what, ha- and that's you what. Know. When I'm talking about UTEP dominating the defensive front, dominating the offensive front, if, if it's the, that if, mentality. If the final score is 
or let's just say 14-7 or something like that. But when you look at the time of position and you talk about the running game and UTEP had like for mostly all the game, that means UTEP dominated on, all, on offense. They're able to control the clock. They were able to keep keep that Houston Baptist offense on the sidelines. You know, I'm, 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 I'm going to be okay. Like the only thing I want is this is what I want. Two th- I, I want two things on this game. Well, I'll I want th- I want three games. I'm going to start adding. Give me stuff. three things. I'll give you three things. Three things. I want people to show up and support. That's the number one. It's let me just say this. It's the first game of the year. If you can't get excited that football is finally back, you know, think about it. We got high school football. Tom Talk Sports Thursday and Friday. You're going to be in Las Cruces covering Mayfield. Dubai got got to throw in the uh, the mention in there. <laughs> you know, uh, America's Eastwood on the 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 next day. You got a high school football. Then you got a UTEP home game. Then you've got Labor Day weekend. What is your excuse? You can just have a great time. You can tailgate. They've changed a lot of rules. You know, they've changed the, the way the 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 student at the, the the students can get in there. You know, they're gonna have their own cheering section. They're gonna have a DJ in the stands. I'm telling you, they are making things different at UTEP. My man, uh, Daniel, uh, head Daniel of, of, of marketing. Telling me they're gonna have they're gonna have there's there's things that they're gonna try to do to make the UTEP. One of the things we all talked about is the UTEP in game experience, especially in football. They're gonna bring a lot of stuff back, you know. But like I said, they're gonna have a DJ. But more importantly, football is back. It's the first game of the season. Go out there and support. Give them an an opportunity. Give them a shot to prove to you that hey, second year this team's gonna be different. That's number one. Number two. And I forgot what I was going to say. Bet, but it'll come back to me. Give me a second. I uh, know I've remembered. Number two is when I got to talk to Coach Demo right before, right, right at halftime because it's one of my jobs. Like, I literally have to, as we walk into the, to the uh, locker rooms, I have a little conversation with him. I hope it's a positive conversation. You know, hey, you guys. You want a halftime lead. Exactly. That's what I want. And then, of course, number three, what I have that – a conversation with Coach Demo post game. I'm always the first one that gets the opportunity to ask the question. I want to be able to ask this question. Hey, Coach, what does it feel like getting that first victory tonight? That's what I want. That's what I want. Those Simple. Are the, those are the three things I want. That's it. The three things I want. I, first of all, I, I talked about it three or four times. I want to get the run game going. I, I want to get that run game going. Uh, you know, that's the most important thing I think UTEP has to establish for their offense is get that run game going. Number two. I, so to your point of of bringing fans in, I want to see some exciting football. I want to see some big plays. I want to see some big runs. You know, I want to see some I big see some hits. Gimmick plays. I, you know, I I want give me some exciting football. You know, some of these playmakers that we talked about, the Justin Garretts, uh, the Trayvon Hughes, hell, even Deion Hankins. Let's go down a little My bit deeper. Ray Flores. You know. These guys want to see them make those exciting plays, get the crowd hype, get those 15 to 20 yard runs. You know, that is what I want to see. And then three, I want to see UTEP cover the spread. I want to see an 18, 19 point beatdown. Now, if it's a 20 point game, you know, some people, ah, you know, UTEP 140 to 20. Well, okay, well, was it was it 34 to 7 at one point? Was it 28 to 0 at one point? That's what I want to see. I, I want to see UTEP really just go out there and be a superior team than the other team for once. Because this is, let's be honest, for the first time, and maybe three or four seasons, UTEP is lining up as the Alabama to their UTEP and, in a and, sense. And, and so let's use that and dominate. Here's one thing. Uh, this kind of reminds me as like when we're going to the Rice game last year, we're like right away we knew that's the only game that, that I was already talking about. We're winning that Rice game. I don't care what happened. We're up like 28 to something 
at halftime. Rice came back. That's the one thing. When you do have that big lead, you got to be able to maintain that lead. That's what I'm saying. And and that's what I'm talking about, about going in there and, and being that superior team. Put them away. If it's 34-7, to seven, make it 41-7. to seven. You know, not only that, but if it's 41-7, to seven, go back on defense Dude, and turn the ball it's, over. It's and the it, first game of the season. Put the gas to the pedal, man. I, I, that's what I want to see. So, as we wrap this up, this is what we're going to do. We used to do this on the UTEP, on our Minor Rush podcast back in the day. Prediction time. Prediction time. Give me yours real quick. UTEP score, wins. Score, score, score oh, and man. win. Scores? Uh, UTEP uh, 34, Houston Baptist 7. That's about right. I, I, I think it will be a little bit more high scoring. Um, I say UTEP 41, Houston Baptist 24, but it's going to be a comfortable. That's a close score. It's 17 points. I, I think UTEP gets close to covering, but I think they have a big lead. I think you see some inexperienced guys come in late. Houston Baptist gets some trash touchdowns, but at the end of the day, UTEP grabs the win, and that's the most important thing we are looking for. So as week one continues, Conference USA also kicks off. And how about this for an opening weekend on Saturday? Conference USA plays three, tres. I can't say three in another language. It's just two, but three top Trey. ten ranked teams. In week one. Really? You got, wow. we'll, we'll run down the whole list, but Florida Atlantic is at Ohio State. You got Middle Tennessee at Michigan, and then you have a, a game that I, I'm not going to call upset, but I'm going to say watch this game, Louisiana Tech at Texas. You know, the, Louisiana Tech. It's at Texas. It's at Texas. That, that's always tough, but, you know, Louisiana Tech did go up there a couple years ago, and they gave Arkansas hell, and Louisiana Tech is traditionally one of the better recruiting programs of Conference USA that recruits kind of mid-tweener P5 guys, and that's going to be a real interesting game. But it all starts Thursday night. Central Arkansas plays at Western Kentucky. Gardner-Webb at Charlotte. Those are two games that you figure Conference USA should start off 2-0. But one of the best games on Thursday for me in terms of Group of Five, Florida International at Tulane. That's a very, very good game for the conference. Florida International is expected to be one of the top teams, if not the favorite, coming into the season at Tulane, a program with a new head coach. I think Willie Fritz is in his second year. They've recruited well. That's a game that you want to win. You're playing it's Conference USA versus American Athletic Conference. Got to get that win if you're Florida International. Final game on Thursday, Alabama State. Uh, Visits UAB in a game. UAB definitely is heavily favored and should win. Friday night, a very interesting matchup. Rice at Army, the new era of Rice football, and a tough road trip to Army. And Army's played some good football over the past couple of years. That's going to be an interesting matchup for the Rice Owls. As we mentioned. They're going to lose. Yeah, I think they'll lose. They I mean, you, you're, talking them, you're talking them up, but they're going to lose. Florida, and we move into Saturday. We talked about FAU at Ohio State. Lane Kiffin going into Columbus, Ohio here. That so that's very interesting. That's always interesting. That's an early game, too. 12 o'clock uh, Eastern time, 10 o'clock our time here in El Paso. That's going to be a real interesting game what there. What time is our game? Our game's at 6, 6 p.m. Right? All right, so, that means so the next game on the there, slate, like to me, five. being a Texas guy, this game intrigues the hell out of me. Incarnate Word at UTSA, and let me tell you why. So Incarnate Word, if, if, if you've been living under a rock, they hired Eric Morris, the old offensive coordinator at Texas Tech, who I wanted here at UTEP. I wanted Eric Morris here recall, at UTEP. I recall that. And he ended up going going to Incarnate Word. They won the Southland Conference last year. I think this is just our fourth year of FCS. Um, they hired a, 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 a they hired Mac Lefwich, uh, who was – Obviously, the next quarterback here at UTEP. They also yep. they also hired Josh Kirkland, who was Deion Hankins' coach's freshman year. So they have a little bit of a local El Paso flair, and they're playing a UTSA program that is really 
their head coach is on a hot seat. Um, Frank Wilson has recruited very well over the past couple of years, and the results have been not where they should be in terms of the talent they've recruited. That's a battle of San Antonio. That could turn into a rivalry game. You know, I think UTEP is safe from losing from an FCS team. I'm knock on wood and do what I got to do. Incarnate Word has a lot of pride going in the Alamo Dome. My I'm, attention, I'm very curious to see what happens. My attention game. is going to be fully on that when football is, when game. When is that game? That's a 5 o'clock. That's actually a 4 o'clock start our time. On Saturday? On Saturday. Yeah, I'm not going to be paying attention. Right, I, I'm, 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 I'm going to be busy, dog. You'll you be a little I'll bit busy, busy. But, I mean, know. that's a game I'm going to keep my eye on as I check scores because that could be a game that could turn the tide negatively for UTSA. They just announced their starting quarterback today, Frank Harris, very talented dual-threat guy out of San Antonio. So, that's a game to definitely keep an eye on. VMI, the village, the Virginia Military Institute, hosts Marshall, and Marshall's another one of those favorites this year. Well, they recruit well all the time, and they will host VMI there in the little FCS opponent. Old Dominion opens up brand new SB Ballard Stadium. Old that, Dominion. And I wish you guys were to go out there because that, that brand new stadium, I saw an aerial view of it. Looks beautiful. I expect them to roll over Norfolk State. Southern Miss, Southern Miss host Alcorn State. I think Southern Miss rolls in that one. There's another favorite in Conference USA. Middle Tennessee at Michigan, number seven Michigan, as we mentioned. Abilene Christian drives up I-20 to Denton to face North Texas. That should be a total demolishment, even though Abilene Christian they're a very respectable program out of the FCS. As we mentioned, Louisiana Tech at Texas. That's a actually that's an eight o'clock Eastern start, so six o'clock our time. And then the final game that gets kicked off is here in the Sun Bowl, Houston Baptist at UTEP. 6 p.m. kickoff in the Sun Bowl. Just to touch up on some Conference USA talk. I mean, and, it's, and, it's, and let me let me just say this as you talk about Conference USA. Uh, UTEP only won one game last year. There's games last year that they should have won. They could have won. Uh, but for some reason, the ball just didn't bounce their way Whether they had a lot of injuries. I mean, think about this. Louisiana Tech, you know, Ryan Metz goes out. Loxley can't play. That's when the emergence of Brandon Jones. They're about to win that game. But then Ferguson for Louisiana Tech takes over. I've never seen, I finally saw, got to see a, a, when they talk about a player just took over a game defensively. I saw that. UTEP should have won that game. UTSA. They should have won that game, you know, very last second. Literally last play, Kyle Oxley gets injured. You know, um, there's so many games. Uh, when they played MSU here in El Paso, they should have won that game. Uh, mental mistakes, uh, penalties. Uh, hopefully those are the things. For me, those are the, my main concerns. Now, you're still going to have penalties and things of that nature, but hopefully they fixed it. But things have not bounced the way of this UTEP minor football team in the last two years. But I'm telling you one thing that's going into with their favor is that they are healthy. And that's all I'm going to say is that last year they were a banged up team. And I'm telling you a very banged up team and they really should have won. They won one game. They should have won at least four or five of those games last year. Realistically in conference play. Exactly, in conference play. I mean, except for under Missouri, because that's not conference, but still, all these other games. The only time I really saw them, like, where they were kind of just outmatched was UNLV, because of all the offenses that I saw in person last year, uh, UNLV was the most impressive. And, and then uh, when they played uh, Western Kentucky, I think they were just spent. Western Kentucky, and Western Kentucky just rolled them. And I think uh, Southern missed it as well. But other than that, they were in every single game. 
And this year's CUSA schedule, it's it's wide open. I mean, you're looking overall at Conference USA. Obviously, we talked about Florida National and Marshall. Those are your two favorites out of the East. In the West Division, which obviously more important to us, North Texas is the favorite. There's no doubt about it. They got this, the season quarterback, the all-world quarterback, and Mason Fine. Um, Southern Miss, they recruit well. Um, a lot of prognostics have them up high as well. I'm always high on Louisiana Tech. Like I mentioned, they recruit well. They always have athletes. They always you – know, that's a team that, that under Skip holds is going to be a contender in Conference USA. But there's really not that clear-cut favorite. Maybe Texas Tech, maybe Florida International. But in UTEP's lane in the West Division, you know, there really isn't any game that kind of stands out where it's like, you know what, UTEP's doomed. This is not going to happen. You know, you you got the schedule right there. They play Southern Miss week. It's early in the season, I believe. Uh, Southern Miss is September 28th. That's early in the season. That's yeah. a big game. You know, you're talking yeah, about is. you're talking about a measuring stick game. And that's when, here in El Paso, by the way. And, and that's no, actually, huge. actually, that's on the road. My bad. That's not that's huge the then. That changes it. That's, that's on the road. So that's a measuring stick game for UTEP because – that's a conference contender preseason. You know, you're already going to be what two or three games under your belt by that point. Um, you know, you, you should ha- you should have some sort of offensive flow. You should have some producers on defense. That's the measuring stick game to me to see where is UTEP com- factor into this race. You know, right now, obviously UTEP's dead last. Let's just you know we won't keep it real like we always. It do. is what it is. You know, I mean, it, know, right now at this point, it is what it is. Right, they got to go out there and prove people that, wrong. But that game against Southern Miss will tell a lot of people a lot about w- the potential of this UTEP team. Not so much okay, is this UTEP team arrived? Because at that point, it's still late September. You got a lot of football left. You know, well, you got to remember too, they're going to have a bye week in between there because. We're starting this Saturday against Houston Baptist. Then we got Texas Tech next week. Then they got the first bye week, and that's huge. It is very huge. That's huge. That's very very huge coming into this and coming into that conference USA opener against Southern Miss. As, as I said, I expect them to really really be one of those teams like they always are over the past couple of years. And only had some down years when I took over Minor Rush uh, back in 2013, and when UTEP went to a bowl. You know that's. A team that you know, I think they won one game. They may even winless in that season, but nonetheless, you know, it's it's open for the taking. Uh, you know, as far as the West Division, it's going to come down to that week one. If UTEP play, if UTEP wants any talk, and we're not giving them yet, they haven't deserved it from us. But if they want any talk to jump into that conference, you title spot whatever it is you got to go on the road to the rock. You got to go in there and, and hang with Southern Mississippi. But other than that, I mean. You figure that this team, like you mentioned, coming in there healthy, one year in the system, you know, you expect them to make a jump in the Conference USA standings. And, and let's be honest, you know, that's the most important, competing in your conference. You know, for, for group of five schools, you know, having playoff hopes is, is you know, you're kind of peeing in the wind in a sense if you're not a Houston, you know, if, if you're not a Boise, uh, you know. The big step for UTEP is compete in Conference USA. Beat the teams in Conference USA that you're supposed to beat. What that does, that gives your program confidence. That gives you recruiting confidence. And, you know, gosh, it'd just be great to see them have a winning record or flirt with a winning record in conference play. Obviously, we want 6-6. Six and six, We want a bowl game. But to me, competing and beating some teams that they haven't competed with in Conference USA, not only on the field but on the recruiting trail, that's really what I want to see as we look at the Conference USA schedule. Without a doubt, like I said, you can't talk about any of that possibilities unless you start winning these first games. And week one, this Saturday, 6 o'clock. Hey, I got I to gotta plug it. Don't forget, you can listen to the broadcast. Me, Tysher, and Bernie Riccono. But on what station, though? Uh, you find it. <laughs> 
Oh, baby, baby, baby. Well, no basketball no, talk no, this it's week. It's on 600 ESPN. <laughs> you know, that that is the radio partners. Actually, I'll be there um, with the Iceman on Saturday. Oh, nice. Doing nice. a little I'll spot make, there. I'll make sure to tune into that one for sure. So, uh, no basketball talk this week. Football heavy is obviously it's week one. We'll get some basketball stuff going on the next couple of weeks. Everybody's on campus from what we've heard on the basketball team, so that's a positive nice. coming in nice. August. Definitely the first, I believe this is the first day of school, right, for UTEP? First day uh, of school yes, today? today was the first day of school. Today is August the 26th. So, yeah, so school's in session. The basketball team has arrived. I repeat, the basketball team has arrived. Hey, man, I'm just excited, man. It's Football's finally back. I mean, for me, it's... I might wear my Puto Miners bro shirt on Saturday. I'm so hyped. Wear it because I can't. You know I can't wear the Puto Miners shirt. I can't. I'll rep PMB. Rep it, bro. Rep it. That way people ask, like, how do I get it? Then we'll let them know how they can get it. Well, you can get this podcast anywhere you can find podcasts. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Puto Miners Radio. I'll be live tweeting Saturday. I'll be live tweeting all week as we get prepared. You can find this on Apple iTunes podcast. Make sure you rate, review us, subscribe, share. You can find it on Spotify. Every week I'm going to try to find a new outlet you can find this podcast you, you can go. find it everywhere google play find google store tweet at us have fun monster have a great call saturday my, my brother man. i appreciate it i'm very excited you know because i'm not gonna lie to you like last year was my first year i didn't know what to i ain't gonna lie to you i didn't know what to expect so this year i know what to expect and i'm excited i'm like the season not the season vet but i'm not the rookie anymore so i know when to speak i know when to shut up <laughs> you know i know when to interject and when not to so i'm excited can, can, can i give can i give you just some advice real Please, quick always always now, i know i know your biggest you one of your biggest jobs is, is the weather Yes, you got to follow Chuck DeBroder on Twitter, and, and my he, man Chuck, he, Chuck is he, he's he's doing his thing. I will out there. do that. Yeah, I, I've been following him on Twitter. I guess he's got he's got a Facebook he, thing. He you got know a, what I'm saying, and he he does he does great weather for independent guys. So you know, this this is a plug for Chuck DeBroder. Somebody hire yes, my boy. That's my man Chuck. All right, I'll do that. For uh, most importantly, folks, UTEP Miners football. Not only that, high school football is back. So. Go out there and support all these athletes. Have a good Labor Day weekend. When we talk to you back uh, next week, we'll be talking about UTEP Miners. We'll be breaking down that first game, that first game victory there it is. against Houston Baptist. For Alex Nicolas, I'm Mondo the Monster Medina. Put those Miners, bro. See you next week.